IB Talk, the global insurance industry podcast presented by Insurance Business. This episode is presented in partnership with Smart Choice. There's something to be said to doing what you know. But for insurance agents, staying isolated in a comfort zone of coverage, whether it's life insurance, property casualty, commercial, or specialty, it makes sense short term, but be a limiting factor long term. To explore how the ability gap creates a revenue gap for independent agents, we're joined by an expert panel featuring Oliver Travieso, Vice President of Commercial Lines at Smart Choice, Amy Lambert, founder of Lambert Insurance Services, and John Ferris, partner and founder of AssureTrack Insurers Brokers. We've got a really exciting episode lined up for you today on the topic of how the ability gap creates a revenue gap for independent agents. We've got a stellar lineup to help me pick this apart today. Um, I am joined by Oliver Travieso, Vice President of Commercial Lines at Smart Choice, a network of over 8,600 independent agencies and more than 100 carriers across the United States. We also have Tammy Lambeth, founder and owner of Lambeth Insurance Services, an independent agency based in Richland, North Carolina, and also John D. Farris, partner and founder of AssureTrack Insurance Brokers, a commercial-focused independent brokerage based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome, everybody, to IBA Talk. Now, for insurance agents, staying isolated in your comfort zone, whether it's life insurance, property casualty, commercial or specialty, might make sense in the short run, but longer term, it can sometimes perhaps turn into a bit of a self-imposed limitation. So, Oliver, I want to start by asking you if this is a common theme among independent agents, uh, that they stay in their comfort zones. And if so, why is this the case? Sure. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, I I do believe that uh, people in general uh, like to stay within a comfort zone. And um, uh, with regards to your particular question, I think it just really depends on where the agency is within their trajectory of their agency's growth as an as an agency. So, um, you know, you've got agencies that are just getting started and then you have agencies that are well established. I believe that an agency that's just getting started is probably going to stay within their comfort zone just mainly because they're trying to sell as efficiently as possible and close their sales cycles as quick as possible uh, in order to stay relevant and in business. So um, they're going to try to do all of the things that they know how to do in order to maximize uh, revenue potentials within their agency. Um, So, you know, they don't really necessarily have time or money to invest in Uh, people or education or whatever it is they need in order to expand into another area that is unknown to them. So I think for the most part, what we've seen within our network is that, you know, agencies that are just starting out are more likely to stay within that comfort zone. For an established agency, they have a little bit more of an advantage. So, uh, they are established. They've got you know revenue coming in. They have a good foundation. They're able to take a step back and invest in either people or training for their current employees to to uh, to expand into other uh, revenue sources within uh, the industry. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Oliver. Um, John, as an agency owner, what are your thoughts on this this idea of? you know, agents staying in their comfort zones. What do you think? 
Yeah, well, first, uh, thank you again for having me on. But um, kind of echoing what Oliver said, you know, people stay in their comfort zones and that's that not necessarily has anything to do with selling insurance. That's just, you know, everything in life, people stay in their comfort zones. But relating it specifically to insurance, um, you know, it's people I've, I've seen in, in my experience, agents get um, almost uh, it's not that they're it's not that they're too comfortable in their own zone. It's that they might be afraid to get out of their zone. It's all out there, and especially through organizations like Smart Choice, where you can get access to the resources that you really can compete if you have, you know, the individual um, motivation and, and the will to go out and and uh, put yourself in that position. And, and insurance, I'm a big believer. You, you get good at this by trial by fire. The only way you're going to learn how to compete, whether it be in uh, specialty lines or property and casualty or, or anything is by getting out there and, and taking a couple of losses before you hit a win. And who knows, maybe you hit a win right off the bat. Um, but also, you know, to what Oliver was saying, a lot of that's going to depend on where you're at in your agency life cycle. And, and that hits home with me because when AssureTrack started in 2015, it was me in an upstairs bedroom. And frankly, if the policy was $100 or uh, $10,000 or 100000 I was all about it because I, I literally had to pay the light bill. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But um, generally speaking, you know, I think getting outside of your comfort zone as in life is uh, a great idea in your insurance career, too. Mm-hmm. And Tammy, where are you at uh, in your agency life cycle? Um, and what's your experience been with this theme of sort of sticking in the comfort zone or, or potentially diversifying a bit? But for me, January of 2020, I made that decision to leave my comfort zone, um, take that leap of faith and open my own agency um, as an independent agent. Prior to that decision, I was an exclusive agent with Nationwide. So not to sound too cliche, but Nation true, Nationwide was truly on my side for 10 years. Um, being an exclusive agent, you know that you have that support system. So I think that's a big deal um, for the independent agents that stay in their comfort zones. Um, but as an independent agent, it's up to all of us to establish those networks, those support systems, and industry relationships to grow and be able to sustain our business. So with that being said, I feel that's why these independent agents stay in their comfort zones. Um, the markets are extremely competitive right now, and as an independent agent, if you're not willing to get out there and hustle and establish those ne- networks, you'll never make it. Um, Smart Choice was one of the biggest reasons why I decided to branch out. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so it's often said uh, that commercial lines can be quite lucrative uh, compared to personal lines. Um, so from your experience, John, I'll, I'll come to you with this one first. Have you found that to be true? And can you perhaps share some metrics? Well, yeah. Um, you know, if we're comparing commercial lines to personal lines, you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy um, conclusion to draw that the premium potential is much higher in commercial. And, you know, you could almost say the sky's the limit uh on the personal lines and while i can't really speak to that i've never been a personal agent you know somebody's uh personal auto is going to be less expensive than uh a commercial fleet and talking to whether or not it's very lucrative well i guess it's no secret we all get paid on commission so bigger premiums equals more money for us um as far as a metric to go with that 
you know, I, again, I've always been commercial focused a hundred percent and, you know, really gives you an opportunity as compared to personal lines, I think, to be a more of an, a, a business advisor and perhaps the decision of the buyer can be driven by um, a little bit more focused around the service and the product as opposed to the price. But don't get me wrong, even in commercial lines, I don't care how big the premium is, how big the company is, nobody wants to spend more money than they have to for their insurance. Um, but in this space, we've comfortably been able to renew, you know, 95% or better of our clients every year. Um, so maybe that's helpful. That definitely is. And Tammy, what do you think about that? Lastly, retention is the key as well. You must incorporate yearly reviews to ensure these coverages are correct and also be proactive in noticing those rate increases. I mean, people are going to shop their insurance if they see the rates start to go up. If, as agents, if we simply write a case of business and never follow up, the insured's going to leave. So my thing with my agency is that we should never just be complacent on where we're at. I mean, the competition is completely fierce out there. We have to take time for those reviews and educate our clients and help retain that business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and Oliver, at Smart Choice, you've got this sort of 30,000-foot view where, you know, you have over 8,600 agency members uh, in the network. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on this uh, idea of sort of commercial – versus personal uh, and sort of the revenue that they can generate? Uh, small business uh, industry-wide has uh, been very profitable over the past couple of years. And so we've been able to perform extremely well from a profit-sharing standpoint with some of our uh, larger standard national carriers. We pass those uh, dollars or many of those dollars onto our agents. It really does seem like commercial is an exciting market to be in at the moment. Um, so Tammy, you know, what's the best thing about being a commercial insurance agent? And are there any challenges perhaps to, to you know, working in commercial lines? The challenge is always knowing and having an understanding of how those coverages and endorsements come into play, especially when the claim arises. I think it is really imperative for agents to get to know the commercial line underwriters. Underwriters are key. They can talk to you. They can explain these endorsements. I think that is just huge is just forming those relationships with these underwriters, with different companies, just so you can understand what their appetite is. Um, as agents, we must understand what those endorsements mean and how they apply to that commercial risk. And I'm just saying the underwriters have been, for me, a huge um, player in my success in the last 13 years in commercial lines. Mm -hmm. And John, what about you? I think the second half of your question was, uh, what are the challenges with being a commercial agent? I would say, you know, as we were alluding to earlier, the sky's the limit on the commercial side and you can get involved in some, some really big deals, but there's a lot of really big brokers out there. And, um, and really this kind of even relates back to the first question of staying in your comfort zone of getting, putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, I'm going up against, uh, you know, some of the biggest and the best in the industry. And do I, can I, can I put my best foot forward and can I actually win? And, um, you know, that can be hard to do, but again, it's kind of what this whole podcast is all about. You can win and it's super exciting. Mm. John, just, just building on that, what's been the secret of success for you? I mean, can you tell me maybe one or two successful things that you did when you first launched a short track 
um, that have helped you to become a, a sort of successful player in the commercial space? When I started out, I started with a specialization and my specialization was professional liability and specifically uh, lawyers professional liability. That's, that's where I got my start in the business in Chicago in 2011. And when I started AssureTrack, that was my comfort zone. When I started out, I was terrified. I mean, absolutely terrified of commercial lines. Um, and like John was saying, you know, we kind of stay in our comfort, comfort zones of, you know, we know the homeowner's piece of it. We know the personal lines are, you know, auto, things like that. But there was one specific um, story that stuck out to me. I was talking to a client one time, and he was telling me about a storm that had come through, and he found out after reviewing his policy with his agent, he had no coverage. And it was a restaurant. I mean, he thought he had, you know, all of these endorsements. He thought he had coverage for food spoilage. And just looking at his face and just seeing the despair, like he literally was losing his livelihood because his insurance policy didn't cover anything but general liability. Um, I was like, I really need to dig into per, um, commercial lines and really I want to help these people because and that's one thing that, you know, I, I think that I've been successful in the commercial lines piece of it is that we've got to take time and look at these policies and remember that these endorsements like food spoilage and loss of um, income and all those things are so important to these people. And the, our insureds expect us and want us to be the professionals um, with their policies. So going back to that day and, and talking with that insured and realizing, you know, how he thought he had coverage, but his agent never followed up with him, never did a review. I, at that time, decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. So for, you know, the next 13, almost 14 years now, that's one thing that we implement. I think it's been very successful for, for us for retention mm -hmm. is those reviews every single year. Um, because things change. I mean, we're in an ever-changing environment to begin with, but the insured's needs change, and we have to be able to address those changes with them. So I feel that that's where I've been successful is in the commercial lines, is with those reviews. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tammy. And I think that, that sort of ties in quite nicely to another theme. Um, so what you were just describing is sort of that, that personal touch, that that um, idea of insurance being a relationship business as well. Uh, but at the same time now, today, we have a lot of talk about new technology. Um, some people saying technology is taking over and consumers are opting to, to go direct versus working with an insurance agent, especially in the personal line space. Um, so, you know, Oliver, I'll come to you with this. What impact is this having perhaps on independent agents and why does this sort of hammer home the need to diversify and you know be able to expand their service offering to clients sure i i i agree um i do believe that you know from a personal lines perspective uh technology is a is is well more advanced uh with regards to getting to direct to consumer uh, and so that has been a threat to uh, many independent insurance agencies out there, uh, whether they're smart choice agents or not. Um, just in general, the personal line space, you've, you've, got, you've got carriers that have commercials on TV uh, uh, pulling, pulling and siphoning away from the uh, independent agency space. So, um, you know, from a commercial standpoint, um, you know, technology is there. It's, uh, there are plenty of insure tech firms uh, that have uh, come into the industry uh, to write small business insurance uh, mainly. 
Um, but, you know, uh, I think that it's uh, up to the agents to decide, do they want to pivot uh, and uh, diversify into the commercial space where it is a little bit more complex in terms of creating an insurance package for their client. And so therefore, we're probably going to see uh, a higher percentage of clients uh, consulting with an independent agent over the next uh, years and, and, and like they have historically. So uh, I do think it's incumbent on agents to think about, okay, uh, you know, personal lines is becoming a threat from a, from a technology and direct-to-consumer standpoint. I need to think about diversifying. And so we've had a lot of agents in our network just uh, come to us. Uh, we have a division at our organization called Smart Start, which, which is a, a very successful department within our organization that helps agents uh, of all different skill sets uh, write commercial, small business. And uh, we've had a lot of agencies that you know, didn't feel a whole a lot of confidence in writing commercial insurance. But uh, we have established this department and have created workflows that have helped agencies uh, with very, very little experience uh, place business with some uh, phenomenal carriers uh, that we offer. Uh, we do it in a very efficient way. And um, that's that's allowed a lot of our agents in our network to uh, to diversify in a very simple fashion, and uh, they've been able to um, to write some commercial business that maybe they couldn't have done in the past, especially uh, not having direct markets uh, within their agency for commercial. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And John, I know that you are focused on commercial, um, but what are your thoughts on on this idea of sort of technology coming in? Um, people having more options to go direct. Are you seeing this have an impact on your business or sort of you, you, the businesses of your peers? I've never been a personal lines agent, but I know that it would be hard to compete against Geico uh, if I was going to sell a, a, a personal lines auto policy. And that's just from my own experience as a personal insurance consumer that there is so many readily accessible outlets to go quote my auto in you know five minutes or whatever and all the catchy slogans and all the advertising dollars that it would be hard for any small agency to keep up with uh, but on the commercial side i really believe that technology and even in the five six years since um, i started at SureTrack has come really a long way and it's more available to you know something as simple as making signatures um, electronic signatures more readily available for your clients today is way easier than it was in 2015 even. Um, and we as commercial agents can leverage technology to make the process better, to make the process feel maybe a little bit more like Geico, but you can't replace the, the, ad, the advisory role that we can provide for, hey, let's, let's dig in. And like Tammy's saying about the reviews, you have to talk to your clients at least once a year and say, tell me what's going on. What have you bought? You know, how's your revenue? What are you guys getting into? What are you what What are you worried about? And you know, this kind of segues a little bit, but talking about why why I like commercial. And again, this is speculative on the personal line side, but my my sense is on the personal lines side of the business. You know, you input your variables and you get a quote, and there's probably not a whole lot of wiggle room in that. On the commercial side. You can go to and, and utilizing uh, people like Oliver's team at Smart Start and Smart Choice, where you can get so much market access, 
you can really uh, leverage carriers against one another and you can drive a better outcome as that commercial insurance advisor of, hey, you know, if uh, if carrier A is is quoting a policy at 50 grand and carrier B is at 40, well, all of a sudden we, we pitch those two against each other and we end up at 35 grand. And that's something we can do. And I say this all the time to my clients. Um, if I can, if I can drive a 20% rate decrease on a hundred thousand dollar policy, that's going to get a lot more attention than driving a 20% decrease on a thousand dollar policy, right? 200 bucks versus 20 grand. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. And, and just circling back quickly to, to Tammy on this one, um, how are you tackling some of these themes regarding technology at Lambeth insurance services? Our younger generation is just, you know, they go in, they click on 30, 60, 25 limits for auto, and then nine times out of ten, they have no clue what they have until a claim comes up. So I think it's really, really important, um, again, to educating the client and letting them know. A lot of times they come in, even after they've done an online quote, um, they've come in and they find that, you know, they didn't have very much coverage. And then we go in and requote it and say, okay, well, you could have went with three times the limits for a couple dollars more. So, um, again, I, I stress educating our insurers about that. Definitely. Um, so, a lot of the people listening to this podcast might perhaps be personal lines agents. Um, just wondering what your thoughts on uh, on if there's an opportunity to maybe cross sell between personal lines and commercial lines. Uh, in other words. For personalized agents, can they turn their personalized customers into commercial customers or perhaps provide, you know, get references from them in the community to land new commercial clients? Uh, Oliver, are you seeing this sort of relationship? Is there a way to to build on your personal lines book to, to sort of create a commercial lines book? So I think, um, great question. I think uh, a lot of personal lines agents have the ability to tap into their own clientele. Um, almost all of the personal lines carriers ask what the occupation is of their own insureds. So I, I, I need to be checked on this stat, but I believe it's one in every seven personal lines uh, accounts um, or one in seven people own a business. So, um, you know, it's very likely that the personal lines agent that has uh, a, a massive book of personal lines most likely has some clients in there within their book of business that, uh, you know, that, that own a, that own a small business or, you know, contractors or retail or whatever that may be. And they can, especially if the agency has a, a, a an agency management system, they, they have the ability to run reports off of occupation. So if an agency goes into their agency management system, runs an occupation on business owner, they may find, 20 to 50 accounts within their book of business that have um, that own small businesses and they can tap into their own clientele. That's, a, that's certainly where I would start if, uh, if I were in the personal line space. We've had a lot of our territory managers do this with, with their agencies and, um, and they've had a lot of success uh, tapping into their own book. You know, getting out there into the community, working with uh, their current network, working within their book of business, I think could yield a very positive result from uh, in terms of diversifying and growing their commercial side. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and Tammy, what do you think about this? How do agents start to break into commercial and who can help them build their book of business? 
Absolutely. Um, simply put, you've got to network. Um, you have to network. As an mm -hmm. agent, you simply cannot just sit behind your desk and expect that business to walk in the door. If an agent has that misconception, that agent is truly going to fail because you've got to be out there and you've got to be hustling. Um, you've got to play a visible role in your community. Um, you can. This can be done by stopping in local businesses, becoming a member of a local club, maybe such as the Rotary, advertising, um, you know, talking with your current clients, friends, families, ask for the referrals. Um, you've got to talk with folks, share with people about what your agency is doing, what they can offer. I think, you know, what Tammy said, she's exactly right. You have to ask for the business. And uh, again, tying this back to comfort zones and, and everything we've talked about before, remember as, a, as an insurance professional, 99.9% .9 of the time, maybe 100% of the time, you know more than the person you're soliciting their business. And sometimes, you know, if you're a if you've been doing personal lines or, or not even if you've been doing some sub of commercial lines and you you find yourself talking to um, the CEO of a, a company that's an industry or a CFO that you have no idea about, just be confident in that you know more about what you're talking about than they do and that you can add that value. C kind of coupling that, you know, how do you break into it? Who can help you? How can you build that book of business? I mean, he's right here on the call, Oliver and his team, you have access to anything you want. And, and Tammy had mentioned Chris Reisdorf earlier. You say jump, they say how high. If you want um, information about what are the coverages that restaurants carry and you know what are some, some uh, questions you can take into a meeting, they'll email it to you. If you want to look at, uh, as Tammy was talking about, endorsements, a set of endorsements that are available, you can be a student of the game you know, really as deep as you want to be. And at the end of the day, you know, I do a lot of cold calling and I just have to remind myself that what's the worst they can do? Hang up on me? That's, that's not a big deal. You know, if you're feeling really spicy, you just call them back and ask them if they lost service. Um, but, you know, <laughs> just, just get out there and, and like Tammy said, ask for the business. What uh, role do networks play then in helping agents start to sort of break into commercial and potentially building their books of business. How are you helping your, your partners at Smart Choice? Well, um, so our network has, uh, was already established for a long period of time um, uh, with, a, with a strong foundation of, uh, of personal lines agents over the years. And so um, we, what we did was about 10 to, 10 to 12 years ago, we established a division called Smart Star Commercial, which essentially was a, a very simple way for uh, any type of agent to transact uh, with a standard national carrier that they probably couldn't get on their own. Um, so we were our goal was to capture the onesie twosie accounts from uh, from all of the agents that we had at that current time uh, that were personalized agents that got that occasional commercial account and to help uh, pull those accounts in. But really what we were doing was helping that agent save the account to a certain degree because that, that agent was controlling the personal lines, but they were turning away the commercial and sending it down the street to a, com a commercial-driven shop. Um, so now we were able to help the agency with retention um, and, uh, and keep that insured happy by helping them in a very simple fashion. Uh, they by filling out a couple of you know, pieces of information, 
we take over the account and help and help the agency uh, with the agency uh, close the deal. So uh, agents really took on to that. And that division uh, just expanded and, and exploded for us. And then it allowed us to uh, work towards helping agencies that were getting into the commercial space build their commercial agency out um, because we were adding more commercial markets to our fold. And it was uh, providing more and more of a, an opportunity for agents to uh, gain access to markets that, you know, historically they weren't able to get. So um, as our as our network approaches 10,000 agents uh, over the years, especially the, the the most recent years, we have we have started to recruit a lot more commercial focused agents into the network because they're seeing that uh, transacting both uh, within our smart start division, uh, they're also able to gain access to markets directly through us. Um, you know, with um, with lower volume commitments. And so they've been very, uh, very lucrative and they've been very uh, satisfied from a commercial standpoint in terms of gaining, uh, gaining this access. So um, it, like, for example, John was talking about being in a comfort space, uh, you know, when he first started in the business, you know, in order for him to kind of branch out and diversify, the smart start department was able to essentially, you know, uh, manage the process with him, not for him or, uh, or, or, you know, but, but, but more so with him. And he was able, he was learning in that process. And then over time, it was becoming more and more of a natural thing for him. And so we've replicated that, uh, by the thousands within our network. And we've, we've been very, uh, very successful doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'd like to, I'd like to add something to that. Um, you know, just to be 100% clear from my perspective with what Smart Start and Smart Choice brings to the table, you know, and it's it's exactly what Oliver was just saying. It's not just for somebody that doesn't have any other commercial access or doesn't uh, necessarily have any knowledge or, or skills. It's great for that, you know, uh, for sure. But also when you get into competing on large commercial six-figure premiums, at the end of the day, you've got to bring resources. You've got to show that you've got some sort of size backing. You've got to show that uh, you, you carry leverage in the market to try to uh, you know, deliver that better result that I was talking about earlier. So there are occasions where just, you know, I'll, I'll make up a, a, a carrier. Let's say that if I had a direct relationship with carrier A and I could go there as a sure track, I choose to go through Smart Choice through Smart Start because I want their clout. I want to say I want to have that whole team behind me when I need a favor, when I need you know ten percent cut off the premium, when I need a special coverage put on that I can rely on them to bring that too, and it's not just me by myself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's interesting. Um, all right. Well, thank you, folks. I think that's a, a great place to wrap this up for today. Um, for those listening, thinking about potentially diversifying their books of business, joining a network or, or breaking into the commercial space, you've definitely all given plenty of food for thought there. So, you know, I want to say a big thank you very much to, to Oliver, Tammy and John uh, for sharing your insights. It's been great having you on IBA Talk. Uh, and also a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Um, I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business. Remember to keep an eye out for our upcoming podcasts, webinars, and IBTV episodes. We have lots more exciting content to come.
Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more resources and support for independent agents, visit the Smart Choice team at smartchoiceagents.com. That's smartchoiceagents.com for more. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.